Can I tell you a secret before I preach? I don't know what you've done, but I tuned it nicely to so get it to be nice also. It was nice when I see. I tried it out. See, there's always a first time to everything. Is it not true? God bless you guys. God should bless us in this beautiful place. Amen. Amen. If you are fellowshipping with us for the very first time, I want to encourage you. This is Lighthouse Chapel International. The mega church. Someone say the mega church. church. Well, don't worry about the old banners which we have outside. Our new signage is coming soon. Tell the neighbor, signage coming soon. You know, it's difficult to find a place where there's no sign. Amen. It's difficult to get to Cape Town if you can't see the signs. Well, this is how far the Lord has brought us. This is our new home. And by the grace of God and by the help of our father, the bishop, and by the love of our bishop, Bishop Emmanuel Trufio, we are sitting here today. It's a good place to put your hands together for Jesus. If it was not for him, we will not be here. And the other churches which have supported us and the people who have given to purchase this nice, beautiful piece of land and a building. It's a very, very beautiful place. Amen. By the grace of God, we'll be having saved church places very soon. Hallelujah. I prophesy that by the beginning of the year next year, we'll start extending because there won't be enough room. Amen. Amen. Don't look at the size of the church now and say that the venue is too small. It's not too small. It's difficult to get a piece of land for church. It's one of the most difficult things. Amen. Amen. So, well, I want to welcome everybody to this beautiful church. With beautiful people. Beautiful church. Beautiful people. Beautiful church. Are you not beautiful? Look at your neighbor. Just look at your neighbor. To show that God is so great, look at how nice your neighbor looks. Then you understand that God knew what he was doing when he made you. I said, God knew what he was doing when he made you. Amen. Amen. I said, God knew what he was doing when he created you. Some are wonderfully made. Some are fearfully made. And some are wonderfully and fearfully made. They are two in one. And me, I know I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. When you want to see the wonderful side of me, you see it. When you want to see the fearful side of me, you see it. No wonder why I got married. Anyway. I wonder what she was seeing. I'm still wondering still today. Anyway. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you. We are in a beautiful place. Amen. Never think it's too far. There's no place called too far. Hallelujah. Well, we have come to the community. I don't know how many are from this area. Elric Park, if you're from Elric Park, give me a wave. I have a special present for you. 
Give me a wave. I have a special present for you. Because you are from how many are from here? I'm serious. If you are from this area, I have a special present for you. See me after church. Don't go home without seeing me. I have a special present for you. Yes, a special one. There are so many people who are from different places. When you go to a place, nobody welcomes you. No, nobody even bothers to come and see what's happening. Nobody even bothers to say good morning, good afternoon, or good something. Nobody sees any good. Amen. Can I have a book, How to Be a Strong Christian? Quickly. Is the bookshop manager here? Is there anyone with that book? Great. God bless you. Wow, someone say wow. wow. I'm not used to being high. Can I come down? I should stay up so you can see me nicely. But you're not smiling when I'm standing up here. It's too far. It's too far. There's no place called too far. Oh, now you know. That's why you've come all the way from your house to here. Amen. I want to talk about something very, very important. Galatians chapter 4 verse 18. Are you taking a picture of me? Tell me, I'll smile, I'll pose. I'll even pout. Recently, my daughter was teaching me how to pout. She was saying, Papi, pout. I was like, like, no, my mouth might get stuck. Galatians chapter 4, verse 18. Do you guys have Galatians? Do you happen to have Galatians in your Bible? How many of you brought your Bible to church? Great. Let's open it. Because in church we read the word of God. Is it okay? Yes. Galatians chapter 4, verse 18. Oh. But it is good. Someone say it is good. Someone say, it is good. It is good. Now, it is very, very good. It's super. It is good. To be zealously affected always in a good thing. It is good. It's good. And not only when I am present with you. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk to you about something. Someone say, Zah. Zah. I want to talk to you about being zealously affected always. Someone say, zealously affected always. Hallelujah. Here Paul said something. He said, it is good to be zealously affected always. Always, not sometimes, always. Hallelujah. Whether you're in town, be zealously affected. What it means is that it is good to be zealous for God, not sometimes, not some of the times, but always. Amen. When? Be zealously affected when? 
by the grace of God, it's our first service here. A lot of people have missed out on the service. It's long weekend. It's this weekend. People are going home. Pastor they are kotuka. Pastor they are go high. Pastor they go high. They go to go ahayani and all these things. But when you're at home, are you still a Christian? Most of us were Christians when we were inside the church building. When we come out, our the zeal goes away. You should see people dancing in church. And all these things, they are zealously affected by the music. When the preaching, come, uh, preaching time comes, they change gears. But the Bible says, but it is good to be zealously affected always, always. Not some of the times. As a matter of fact, God is saying that it is good for a Christian to be zealously affected. Affected by what? By the love of Jesus Christ, by the fact that they are Christians. Hallelujah. Amen. As we are in Elrich Park, we have moved from town. People's zeal, some of, some of the people's zeal will go down. Say, Pastor, it has become too far. We cannot easily come. Now you have to take two taxis. Pastor, I can't walk that distance. I don't know. Maybe go preaching. What if they ban Swagapok? Hey, Pastor, transport. Pastor. Bible says, it is good to be zealously affected always. If a man is zealously affected by a lady, there is no danger. I mean, there is no danger. The person can walk from town to Mafura going to see a sister. When someone is zealously affected for the love of alcohol, the person can walk from Windmill Casino crossing N1. Hallelujah. How many have walked a long distance before because of a human being? To go and see someone. Because you were zealously affected by a particular person. I remember Pastor Deliza when he was about to get married. They used to walk after service. They would be staying in the church until midnight with his beloved. You walk as you walk him back. You walk as you walk him back. Walk three, four times, they'll do up and down, up and down, up and down like that. They were zealously affected. Some of us, when we start with God, we are zealously affected sometimes. As we have moved here, you are zealously affected sometimes. I want to tell you something. God said it is good to be zealously affected. Always, all the time, at all times, be zealously affected. Don't change your mind about God. Amen. As we have moved to a new place, and some people are like the new place, it should not be the, just the new thing, love. Yes. I've noticed something. You know, I'm a guy, so I like gadgets. I like electronic things. I like nice electronic things, user-friendly things, which should help me advance in knowing something. But each time there's something new, if you're not careful, even in the phones, if you're not careful, they say now there's Samsung S6, now there's S7. If 
if you are someone who, change, who chases technology, you left S6 now. When S7 comes, you forget about it. You want, you, you want S7. Is it not true? The love you used to have for the S6 disappears. That means that the zeal dies automatically. Some people, when they come to church, they are zealously affected, want to do so many things. As time moves, the zeal dies. Yes, the test of time. Last Tuesday, I was sharing about the test of loyalty, the three tests of loyalty. Distance will test your zeal. Time will test your zeal. Fire will test your zeal. Most of us will say that we love Jesus. But if something happens, your zeal will go away. One day, One day. A, a certain pastor, he was in church preaching like a house on fire. And there were serious Christian, receptive Christians like in the church. It happened that there was only one door. Like where the usher is standing. And three armed robbers came. Came with a gun. They, when they came, they ran to the front. One pointed at the pastor. Another one took the AK-47. Nobody moves. The whole place was quiet. And so uh, one of them took a microphone. Said, anybody who says you'll take a bullet for Jesus, remain seated. If you will not take a bullet for Jesus, out. You should have seen a hall full of Christians. They were trying to come out through the window. Others trying to come out through. And they, they were squeezing through the door and all these things, trying to go outside. Only few 20-year-old 25-year-olds, one or two, three, four, five, and 60-year-olds who could not run, who knew that we live or die, our lives are finished. Obvious. Our lives are finished. So, the pastor himself, he could not run away. I think he had a problem with the knee. These guys were wearing masks. People left. Only, out of 300, only 15 people were left. Plus the pastor. Because he had a knee injury. When everybody left, those armed robbers removed their Cooper heads. Said, Pastor, you can continue preaching. We have removed all the hypocrites from the church. <laughs> He said, we have removed those who are zealously affected sometimes. Some of us will say, God will die for you. Let a day come where you don't have money, where you don't get paid. You don't even have money to go to church. You go like, oh, I want a child again anyway. It is good to be zealously affected. Always. Not according to feelings. Most of us were zealously affected when we feel like it. You will not lift up your hands when you don't hear a particular song. I gave you my heart. I gave you my soul. As we have moved to a new place, 
Tell yourself that there's no place called too far. There's nothing which will quench my fire for God. Hallelujah. As you have moved to this place, tell yourself that I'm going to move even an extra mile. My fire for Jesus will burn more and more and more. More. It is good to be zealously affected. Always. Tell the neighbor it is good. To be zealously affected. Always. God wants you to be zealously affected always, not sometimes. Find people who have just met. You know, people who have just met. It's like Bruholi Band. Yeah. Next to, close to my heart. They are always together. You are always together. To a point, the person will even almost follow you to the toilet. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. Let, when love grabs a person, someone say love. Someone comes to start and say, I'm in love. Hey! On WhatsApp is the person does not matter how important the meeting is. But you are in a board meeting, you are whatsapping, you are in a lecture room, the person is whatsapping. 12 midnight, when the free night call starts, you are talking, you are talking. In the night, it's because the person is zealously affected. But the more they get used to each other, you know that when they get married, when they get married, even after some time, when they are newly married, they work, with, they work together to the mall. They are working together. To, I don't know when was the last time I went with my wife to the mall. I mean, like, I don't know when. When I knew, I heard a saying that when you see a man opening the door of the car for a woman, it means two things. It's either the car is new or the woman is new. There's something new. So, when something is new, the zeal and the fire burns more. Do you remember when you got born again first? You never missed a service. Now that you are too used to God, even going to church becomes heavy. Even going to church becomes a challenge. Because you are used to God. But when your zeal is, when you are zealously affected always, you will notice that the first love remains. So, Melissa, when people are in love, when the love is new, they walk together, they do things together, go to the park and do everything. When you just gotten born again, when you're zealously affected, you pray always. Even though, even think that you have lost your mind, you're walking. Bless you. Bless everything. Even when you get chips, Father blesses you. Later, as you grow up, as you continue moving, the fire dies when you see food. 
Blessed, blessed. You don't even pray the way you used to pray. Because the zeal is going down. So when people are in love, after some time, when the time goes, as time goes, you are married, you are in the house, person is watching UEFA, Champions League. They say, hey. Even when the lady is naked, we're like, please, can <laughs> quickly shift. The guy is about to score. Shift from the TV. Can't you just dress? What I'm saying is it's because you're not married, you will not understand this thing. It's because you're not married, you will not understand this thing. I mean, after some time, you say, oh, those who are married, they understand what I'm saying. I baby and see take a look chief. Meanwhile, before, hey. if you see the system undressed, oh, hey. you start doing tent ministry right there and there. But when the zeal goes down, even tent does not happen again. Ah, you should see people who have been married for some time, 60 years or so. They are like brothers and sisters in the house. <laughs> oh, we are all the same. Uh, brothers and sisters in the house. When people are new, there's shouts of joy. That's OJs. Mm. Anyway, it is good to be zealously affected always. It is good. To be zealously affected always. Someone say always. Always. Some of us who must be zealously affected. Amen. Amen. How can you be zealously affected? How can you be a zealous Christian? The first thing, by not comparing yourself with other Christians. Most people, you go to church using someone else's standard. Church to you, Christianity to you, is someone else's standard. You compare yourself with somebody. You compare yourself with somebody. Brother, God bless you down. Yeah, find a seat. So I can pay attention to the preaching. Second Corinthians chapter ten verse twelve. Second Corinthians ten verse twelve. The mistake most people make is to compare themselves with another person. Ah, may I pray longer than you? May I do this? May I do that? No. When you're a Christian, if you want to be zealously affected always, don't let your standard be another person. Most people are Christianity. Is what we compare ourselves with others. Is the standard we use to compare ourselves with others. For we dare not make ourselves of the number 
or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Once you start to use someone else as a standard of your Christianity, your wisdom has gone away. That's the mistake we make. The only person you must compare yourself with is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, Pastor, there's nothing wrong. But compare yourself with Jesus. He's the best measuring stick. Because if you want to be like me, if you get to know the other side of me, I'm just saying, me, as you see me here, I'm not a finished product. Jesus is still at work on me. I don't know about you. Jesus is still at work on me. So, rather, aim high, I'm Jalifa. Don't compare yourself with others. Because once you compare yourself with others, you take your level of Christianity. You say, because I need to be like this, and I, like, I need to be like this. The Bible says, wisdom goes away from you. And the opposite of not being wise is what? I'm not saying it, you're saying it. When someone is not wise, is what? Ten wise, five wise versions and five. I am not saying it. You guys are saying it. They're filling in the missing one. So, most Christians were not zealous. Most of us were not zealous. Say, Pastor, let me just come to church and go home. I don't want problems. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I just want to come to church and then I go home. How many have felt like that before? I just want to come to church and I go home. I don't want to be involved in a lot of things. I just want to be a normal Christian. I just want to... It's because you're not zealous. When you're zealously affected, nobody has to tell you to do something. And you don't have to worry or compare yourself with others. Someone say others. So also, be zealously affected by not comparing yourself with others. If you compare yourself with others, even their evil character will come on you. Most of us, you're comparing yourself with someone who does not even pray. Your standard is someone who does not even pray. Amen. Amen. You're always asking, who's like me? I want, uh, Pastor, I can't come. There, there are people, people who are not, oh, I'm not used to, are not here. Pastor, the place is new, and all those things. You're comp- you want someone to compare yourself with. Pastor, I don't have friends in church, and all those things. It's because you want someone to compare yourself with. Pastor, people of my age are not there and all these things. Look, be the odd one out. It's fine. But it's not for a long time. It's not for a long time. It's not for a long time. 
people will see you and say, hey, this person is different, but I think I need to join the person. Be the old one out. As we have moved to a new place, if you are to compare yourself, people have given excuses why they can't even come to this area. The Bowser, the people could not possess the promised land because of how they started to compare themselves with the people of the promised land. They said we were like that, to them like grasshoppers, even to our own eyes. When you compare yourself with someone, you even kill your morale. See, I cannot preach the way pastor is preaching and all those. It's true, but don't compare. Start somewhere. Start from reading your Bible. Yeah. I cannot do this and that. Don't compare yourself with some. Start somewhere. Rome was not built in one day. This church today has 2,000 branches, almost. In a period of 20 years. If the church had compared itself to other churches, it would be nowhere. Where have you ever heard of a charismatic church which has 2,000 branches just like that? In different countries of the world. 78 countries. I've only been to maybe not even 10% of 78. The only place, some of us, the only place we know is Lesotho. Swaziland. No, not even Lesotho. You end up in Lady Brand. That's why you end Some of us don't. But Savel is our closest that we go to. Pastor Deliza, there are people from Mutsavelo here. By the grace of God, we'll have a branch in Mutsavelo very soon. And we will have a branch in Tabanshu very soon. Hallelujah. Your Christianity should not be based on somebody else's Christianity. Or else you will not be zealously affected. You see, you will say, me and my husband, we are one. Yes, it's true. You might be one. When you die, you answer alone. Get it right. Get it clear. Don't compare yourself to the person who's next to you. Because the day your life ends, you'll account alone. When God blesses someone, he blesses one person. Does not bless to both of you at the same time. If the person, the person who's with you gets blessed, it's because it's blessing by association. Me, I'm blessed by association because the fact that I'm in this church, that's why I'm blessed. It's nothing else. There's no, I, I can't find any other reason. I'm not from a special family. I'm not a younger brother to the Guptas. I'm not uh, what? I'm not from Mandela family. I'm not, there's nothing unique about my family. And I cannot compare myself to anyone. But I'm blessed by being part of this family. Amen. You too are blessed by being part of the family. Amen. One of the blessings of this family is that we own houses without owing the bank. It's a blessing on top of the family. Drive cars which we don't pay the bank for. 
We don't believe in paying the bank for years and years and years of paying. You become a slave to that person. When you become part of this family, that's the blessing which will fall upon you. Amen. Recently, someone was telling me, I, have, I said, how are you? I said, I'm fine. I said, Pastor, I'm on my way. I'm going to view a flat. I want to buy the flat. I've just come back from work somewhere. They've paid me money, so I want to buy a flat. I want to deposit a flat, and then I'll be paying. I'm going to view a flat. I said, oh, I just said, sister, oh, 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 wait right there. I said, what? I said, why do you have to pay people for 20 years for somewhere to sleep, which you only own after 20 years? Go to the location and find a small piece of land and buy it and, and build a house. And own the land forever, where you will not owe the bank. I said, Pastor, I don't know about anything about building and all this. I said, you go, you cancel these things of buying. Come, let's go and look for a piece of land together. We'll buy it. When we finish, we'll build one by one. Even if we don't have enough money, to, we'll finish soon. At least, even if it takes us long, it will take us three or four years, it's fine. We'll finish. It's better than 20 years. It is the blessing of the house. We don't believe in owing people. Always month end matrimony says on top of your neck. They've even taken your bank card. It's because you have been comparing yourself trying to have something that you, do, you should not have. Always when you see a known number, you press reject because you don't know whether they want their money or what is happening. Don't compare yourself, even in your Christianity. Be zealously affected. Don't compare yourself with somebody. One of the mistakes people make, you see, I'm afraid of saying it. I think, I think we should close people up. So, people, one day, a certain brother went to church, you know. When he went to the church, it, the way the church is different. It's in our old church we'll look full like this. <laughs> now that we have moved here, it looks empty. There's a lot of work to be done, can you see? It's half full. It's not empty. It's half full. God is going to give us more people. I'm serious. In our old church, it was half of this building. So, when we're sitting, we looked packed. <laughs> 60 people were packed. 70 were packed. Now, it looks like we're joking. Anyway, I was telling you about a certain brother. He went to church. When he went to church, the pastor started preaching. When, when he sat down, started to make notes and tick what the pastor was doing wrong, what the pastor was saying wrong, and all those things. Like, he was an examining officer. He was writing down what the pastor was... What happened to him? God had called him to serve him. He never served God. And he moved from different churches to different churches, different churches. He never found a church to settle down. 
the greatest mistake he was making he was busy comparing churches and notes and how perfect the church is, how not perfect the church is, and all those things. Let me tell you something. Comparison kills spiritual growth. Comparison. Enough with the movement, though. Whatever needs to be done can be done later by, or by a few people. Enough with the movement. Whatever needs to be done, the meat is for the stomach. The stomach is for the meat. And God will destroy them all. And that's what the Bible says. You don't know the scripture. Food is for the stomach. Stomach is for the food. God will destroy both. So if one person does it, whatever time we enjoy the meat, we'll have enjoyed it. So I was telling you about what? He was comparing notes. He was chief examiner. So since he was comparing notes, he found mistakes. Even if you go to CRC, you'll, you'll find a problem with it. Even if you go to ZCC, you will find a problem with it. If you go to CRC, you say, why are the seats like this? Why do they have so many screens? When you go to ZCC, you say, why do they jump? Why do they do this? I'm being serious. When you go to candlelight, you say, why do they wear blue and white? When you come to lighthouse, you say, why do we walk around? When you come to this church, you always find something to compare with. And it affects your fire for God. So comparing yourself with others, you will never fit in. If you try to fit in a place, you will never fit in because you are comparing your standard and some, something else. When you are a Christian, don't compare. As long as when you get to church, the word of God is read and is shared and is preached, stay. You will grow. Most people don't pray because of comparing yourself with someone. When the person, or maybe you're saying you're thinking a pastor is praying for me, so I'll sleep. You may never know pastor might be having his own problems. Because you're using pastor as a comparison for a spiritual protection. That's the mistake you make. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor, don't compare yourself. Most of us were comparing ourselves with people. How many have, you know, I want to tell you three statements of people who compare themselves with others. Can I share with you? I don't feel like going to church. Are you going? Do you think we should go? Statements of people who compare themselves. See, I don't feel like joining the choir. Do you feel like joining? These are the kind of statements. It's like the person is comparing. It's like wants you to compare yourself with him so that you can both flow in the same direction. And you see, when God tells you to do something, he tells you alone. He does not tell you with another person. 
Tell your neighbor, don't compare yourself. But be zealously affected. Like now, those who are busy doing whatever, someone saw something, say, compare, so why am I sitting when I can help or something? No, the word of God is more important. Yeah. When you compare, you forget a lot of important things. You know, neighbors who compare, why is that friendly when I go next door? It's one of the things I don't like. It's one of the things that I don't like. Why should I compare myself to when I go next door? Maybe when I go next door, jump on my fence and see you. Sister, your beauty, don't compare it with another person's beauty. Amen. It will compromise your morality. Your Christianity, don't compare it with somebody else. It will even lower down your, st- your, your value in God's sight. The reason why other Christians, I think I'll only share this point. There are three points, but I'll only share this point. The reason why we have problem in our society is due to comparison. Comparison brings competition. So what happens, even now, as church, there's a church in this area, you're coming to compare how the preaching is like and all those things. If you, read the, if you have read the Bible, be happy. Yeah, Second Corinthians, what? 10, 12. That's what we have read. Uh, we have scripture of the week. It's because we are a church. The reason why we have problems now, let's say, give an example, prostitution. It came about because another sister compared herself to another sister. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. So the means to find those things resulted in that thing. Is it true? The reason why people have sugar daddy or sugar mama. Sishupo. The reason why people have sugar mamas. Eh? You cannot be a someone, you cannot be a drama and be someone's Ben 5. Or Ben 15. Or Ben 10. Because the person provides what you do not have. Human beings we want to meet our needs one way or the other. But the problem is that your needs are, are not really because you are in need. It's because you have seen your neighbor having something that you don't have. Mm. Then you even lower your Christian level. Yeah, I'm not a boyfriend. I'm not a boyfriend. Africa was comparing itself to these American countries. They said we, we, they have technology, we don't have it. They have this, we don't. They, they even have natural disaster, we don't have. That's how bad they were comparing themselves. They said they have earthquakes and tsunamis. We don't have it. Why don't we have tsunamis? 
You see how far they've gone. Even the evil things they are desiring them. They have suicide bombers we don't have. They have FBI. It's because the crime level there is higher than here. They say South Africa has more crime. No, no, no. I don't think so. I think America and other countries have more crime. The level of intelligence they are using in that area is so high to a point that the crime level is also too high. Uh, What's our problem? You you have stolen my cow. You have stolen my chicken. What other crime? Your boyfriend has slept with you car force and then you have created it to be rape. And then it has become a big criminal offense. Meanwhile, when it started, you said, I like you. You said, I like you. And then your relationship led to another thing. Our problem is, is very simple. I'm hungry. I've just borrowed your sugar without your knowledge. Then it's a crime. It's normal problems. But the other countries, you are busy comparing. They have hate, hate problem. I don't like America, so I'll bomb anyone who stays there. So when you compare, even hate will enter your heart. I'm serious. Look, let me prove it to you. You compare yourself to the people next door, or you don't. Let's say you, you compare. Hey, go next door, do you have no, Connex KFC. They are always eating KFC and all those things. We are always eating cabbage and all those things. Wait. Oh, oh. An empty, a full stomach, whether it's KFC or it's cabbage, it's full. And cabbage, you'll find that cabbage is more healthier than KFC. All the oil. All the oil and all this flour is inside your stomach. No, I mean like, like seriously, you're comparing something with something. You see, you've come to this church, you've come to that church, and you're comparing. You want, and then you say, "Hey, our church, why is our, you're making your pastor to look like cabbage?" And the other pastor, he went when he came, say, "I am the Lord God." Heal. Then you feel like it's KFC or it's like a pizza being served. Or you feel like it's something unique. You see, you don't know what is even happening behind the scenes. It affects your zeal spiritually. Be zealously affected always. On a good thing. And what's happening here is a good thing. Brother Nelson, is it not a good thing? You've come all the way from Pretoria just to have a service here. To come and attend church here. It's a good thing. Uh, you believe it? <laughs> He's married. Oh, Brother Nelson is married, please. I hear some of the churches, when you go, the sisters, they see, when they see a new brother and his prayer time, they are praying, they stretch their hands towards the new brother. I will save him. In the name of But I see your wedding coming soon. Hallelujah. So, I want you to be zealously affected always in a good thing. 
be zealously, be zealously affected always in a good thing. Your affection will bring promotion. Nobody wants to, God does not want to work with people who are not zealously affected for him. If you're a Christian, be zealously affected for him. Be zealously affected for him. You see, your affection will show in the things that you listen to, in the things that you pay attention to. You see, anyway, let, let me not mention it. If we look at your WhatsApp, the content of your WhatsApp will show what is your affection on. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. In closing. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Set your affections on things above. Go, go down. No, no, no. If you then been risen, verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the, on the earth. Verse 3. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we in you also appear with him in glory. Set your affections on things above. Set your goals on things above. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Set what? Set your goals, your affection. <coughs> Sorry. Set your affection on things above. When you want to be zealously affected, the position of your affection is very important. Some of us, our affection is on cars, money, and all these things. Husband is your affection. You are fighting for a gold ring. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Amen. Amen. Hey. Please. The watch must be fixed. The clock must be fixed. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. The position of what is valuable to you. It's very important. What do I mean? Most of us, our position and our affections are in earthly things so much to a point that we don't even pray. As a Christian, a normal Christian, a normal Christian must pray in the morning before you leave home. But because you are thinking more about money, and more about your boss. You will not pray when you are leaving. Bible says, set your affections on things above. That's above is God. But our affection is on Jimmy. You are a lady, you are thinking about a guy. When you wake up, the first thing you are checking is your WhatsApp message. If he has SMSed you, or if he has left a message, or if he has done something, set your affections on things above. 
What you set your affections on will determine your life. We're always thinking, you see, where your affections are, the reason most people are in debt today is because their affections are worldly things. You want new furniture, you go and borrow money to buy furniture. You want new TV, you go and take it cash color. You want this, your affections are on things on the earth. Set your affections on things above. If we say there's fasting and prayer, you don't want it. You want physical things. You will not appear with God in glory. But I want to tell you, set it. That means that the affections don't come automatically. You set it. Most of us, our mind is to go partying and other things. We never even have a mind to wake up and pray or a mind to go to the house of the Lord or a mind to do something for God. I've come to tell you, as we have moved to Elrich Park, set your mind on something else. Let it be tuned. Where to set me to tune your mind. So, Sister Nelly, tune your mind on spiritual things. Tune your mind. Set it. If it's on things above, maybe if you have two boyfriends, you have to cancel one and have one. Set it. Yes. Why am I saying something strange? Why you don't expect it to be said in church? Set your things on above. If you have two, cancel one and have one only. Or maybe even cancel both. Maybe cancel both because even the one is enjoying benefits they should not. They're eating without paying. Did I say that? Okay, I said it. I was about to apologize, but I'm not sorry. Set your things, your affection on things above. Even the one you have, why can't you have it legally? Properly. Right, Jason, am I saying the right thing? The way the people are looking at me, I'm afraid. I think I should run away. Why the car keys? You should start the car. When service finish, I'm going to get in the car. Run away. Set your mind, your affection. It, it simply means that if you if you some dies, stop it and look at Jesus. Fear con men. Stop it. It affects your zeal for God. Set your mind. I see you becoming a good Christian. Look, I'm not coming to talk about politics and other things and how to get rich. I'm coming to show you how to be a proper Christian. To set. That means that you tune your mind. So I'll tune your mind that God is my life. And when he appears, I'll appear with him in glory. When he appears, I'll appear with him in glory. My life will be glorious. Set it. You are setting your mind. Jesus, help me. You've gone to set your mind as a mother on a sister. Your affections. Say, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Let us see. Kill yourself. You die, you'll go to hell alone. You go and die. 
You are even afraid of stopping the relationship because the person says that if you leave, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. Let him kill himself. And you do what is pleasing to the sight of God. That thing is a trick. It's a trick. I'm telling you, I've played that trick before. So I'm saying I'm, I'm telling you it's a trick. It's nonsense. Pastors are not able to tell the truth because now your affections are set on right on wrong things, so you misdirect the people. Set your affections on things above. As a young person, set your affections on serving God. As an old person, decide that I'll serve God until I die. Decided. It's it, it's a decision. It's a pure total decision that anybody must make. Brazilianly affected always. Not some of the things. The reason why we are not av- available to serve God is because we are not zealously affected. And I see you becoming zealously affected. Amen. As you are zealously affected, God will bless you. Amen. As you are zealously affected, God will open a door for you. Amen. As you are zealously affected, you will notice that things you did not even ask for they come to you. You are busy praying for a house because you are not affected towards God's things. Seek ye first. How, can, can, how do you read your Bible? How, I mean, like, really, really, ask your neighbor, how do you read your Bible? What do you read when you're reading it? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added. What is first is the kingdom. How are you reading your Bible? I don't understand how you read your Bible. If you were reading your Bible well, nothing will lack in church. You will never go to church alone. As you are seeking the kingdom, God will be supplying your needs. Amen. The pastor, I know that my God shall supply my needs according to his riches. How did he say, why did Paul say that thing? He said, because you have cared for his house. Because you have cared for the saints. Because you have cared for the other Christians. Then I know, because you have used your resources to care for other Christians, I know my God shall supply your needs. My God shall supply your needs. There's a reason behind that saying. Because you have set your affections on the right things. I see you setting your affections on the right things. From today, decide to set your affections on the right things. Some of us, even if we say, you will not come. Even if we say we are doing building funds, you will not do. Even Your affections. Me, it shows me your affections. But if they say there's a funeral, you'll be there. People dress nicer to funerals than to church. You are going to see a dead person, you dress dress nicely. The one who has died and has risen again, you never dress nicely to see the person. The one you are going to see, we are not sure if the person will rise again. But the one who has died and has has risen again, you don't dress nicely to go and see. Like you've gone to funeral to advertise yourself for marriage. The best place to even advertise yourself for marriage is in church. Amen. Ah, what are you talking about? Sister, when you come to church, you don't even take care of how you look. But when you go for a funeral, you even go and buy a new stockings, leggings, magos, to come and look nice in church. But when, when it's funeral, to look nice in a funeral, you even make a new hairstyle. When it's church, you won't even make a new hairstyle. Better look nice in church before God. 
Not before the brothers, before God. Don't mix the affections. Don't mix the, the priorities. Because most Christians have their priorities mixed. Dan lipskit, I uh, mascara, ostara, all these things. It's like your affections are on how you look. Somewhere else, you better look nice in church. For God, don't get it. Don't mix it up. For God, Jason, look nice in church. For God, set your affections. You see, your availability will show. Where you are available at. Do you remember this guy, Dr. Shebeleza? Because his affection was towards Ebum Nandini. Where you will be found, that's where your affection is. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Hallelujah. Amen. I see you taking your heart and placing it in God's hands. Amen. From today, so you decide that my affections are on things above. Don't try to dilute it and say you sisters above. No. Tell your neighbor, I'm setting my affections right. God bless you. Let's be on our feet. It's a good place to put it. I think someone, you better pray about this thing. I don't think I was just talking to the wind. There are some people you must set your affections on things above. You've been, you had mixed your priorities. And then it had affected your zeal. Some of us, when we started, we were zealous Christians. Then along the wayside, the pastor didn't come to visit me. I'll just stop. I'll just do this. I'll stop praying. I'll stop doing this. I'll stop going to church. I'll stop doing that. It's about time. You review your affections. You review where your zeal is. Now, I know a person, when you talk about other th- when you talk about politics, the person's active. When we talk about God, a person comes cool, does not know any verse, does not care about our discussion. It is where your affection is. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. And God will bless you. I think it's something that we must pray about. You need to pray about it in your life. Nobody else will pray about it for you. And as you do that, God is about to promote you. Because man looks at the outward. God looks at your heart. And where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Or where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. I asked somebody, what is your greatest weakness? The person said, money. All I said is the person needs to change their affection. Yeah. Somebody, your greatest weakness is a human being. Set your affections on things above. I think it's something that you should pray about. Someone lift up your voice and, and ask God that God help me to set my affections on the right things. May I put my heart on you. May I give you, you see, sometimes when we come to church, we come and sing lies, a bunch of lies. That's what we sing. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. But the true heart is on something else. It's your kids you love more than God. It is money that you love more than God. 
It's your job that you love more than God. Forgetting that God gave you the job. Set your things. Set your affection on things above. And not on things on the, of the earth. Someone lift up your voice and just talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Just speak to him. Say, Lord, help me to set my affection. As we are closing, just ask God. Say, God, help me to set my affection on things above. Help me to put my heart on the right things. This time, even when you're telling God, I give you my heart, let it be from the depth of your heart. Let it be something that you are, you are meaning and you have set your heart to do. Someone talk to God this beautiful day. Just pray. Pray about what you've heard. Just pray about it. I want to give my life. God bless you. I see your hand. If you are lifting up your hand, lift it up high. I want to see it clearly. God bless you. I see your hand. 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 I see one more hand. I see one more hand. If you have lifted up your hand, I want you to come, come to me. I'm also coming down to meet you. Coming down to meet you. Come to where I am. I'm coming down to meet you also.
this short prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus today, today I come to you. I, come to you. I give you my heart. I give you control of my soul. Please forgive me for all my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my personal Savior. I will live for him. I will serve him all the days of my life. I will dwell in his house forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray, keep them at the keeper of Israel. You neither sleep nor slumber. You who watch over Israel, I pray for them. Protect them, Lord. Keep them. I pray that, Lord, even the things they cannot forgive themselves for, help them to find peace. Lead them to the everlasting path. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Wow. I want, I want to give you a present. It's from our bishop. It's a beautiful present. It's a book. Wow, put your hands together for Jesus. Immediately after service, I want you to talk to our lady pastor. She's just outside at the moment. But you just come and sit in the front side here. She will come and talk to you immediately after service. Don't go anywhere without talking to her. You are welcome to this family. Be part of the family. We also love you. Yeah, yeah, we are now part of this family. But the greatest prize of it all, you are part of heaven's family. Amen. I said you are part of heaven's family. Oh, yes. So God bless you so much. So immediately after service, just come and sit here. My wife will talk to you immediately and, and you'll be blessed. Just for a short while. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. You will talk to Jesus. Before we close, I just want to, I felt in my spirit. I felt I should pray for somebody. You are here. You can't set your affections on things above because you have not forgiven yourself for what you've done all over this time is what's stopping you from moving forward come I want to pray for you before we close I just want to pray for you you can't forgive yourself I want to pray for you you are here like that God bless you You've not, you can't move forward because of your past and you don't seem to forgive yourself I want to pray for you. Father, help her to just find peace in her heart. Help her to know that you've forgiven her already 2,000 years ago. And let her continue running with you. 
find peace in serving you. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for you. Let him find peace. Let his heart find peace. In Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. You may be seated for a second. Well, take out a second offering. How many are paying your tithe? Or you've paid your tithe electronically? Or how many are paying your tithe? If you're paying your tithe, or you've paid your tithe electronically, just be on your feet. Or if you want a tight envelope, lift up your hand, the tight envelope will come to you quickly. You're paying your tight, come, come to the front. Think you should. Those who are paying their tight electronically, display it. Yeah, church details. Jew of heaven fall upon them. Let the blessing of the Lord, which make it rich, and edit no soul. Let them have testimonies from today. Father, I pray for a super mega blessing to fall on them. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come and put your God bless you. 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 You pay the tithe electronically. God bless you. God bless you. If you have the building envelope, those who have the building envelope, you want to bring it back so you can come. I want to take a special offering. Can I? Can I get envelopes? Just give me five envelopes. I will not tell you what is it for. I want three people to give a special offering next Sunday of a thousand rand each towards the building, the church building. We have not finished paying it. We are still owing. We told them we'll pay them when they have finished the paperwork. They are still working on the paperwork. It takes time. It takes three months or two months. How long does it take to do paperwork, transfer documents? Three months for everything. The transfers and all those things finish with. We need to give them the rest of their money. And there's still a lot of money left. Even in Pretoria, they're still trying to figure out how can they help us. So I want three people to give a thousand rands towards the, this church building. Someone somewhere in Cape Town is busy trying to give also to help us. But let us help ourselves first. What do you think? Is this a powerful idea? Say, Pastor, I want to give a thousand rands towards this building. We have moved to a roof park, so even our income. It's 
God is going to open a door for you to be blessed. Amen. Sometimes you become blessed by where you are. Your location can bring a blessing. I say, Pastor, I want to give a thousand rents towards this church building, this project. Come and take my envelope. Is a thousand rents too much? It's much. These days I hear, even when you get waterfront, a thousand, you come out after five minutes. Two thousand, you come out after twenty minutes. Three thousand, you can spend maybe almost an hour trying to find something to buy. Is it not true? So I want someone to give a thousand rents or five hundred rents. Come and take my envelope. I think five hundred rents I can get number of people to come and give five hundred rents. Is it not true? wants to give 500 rents. I'm taking this offering for to pay for where we are. Look, we're enjoying a nice place with aircons and, and what? Projectors. And what else? And a kitchen. I can smell the food from here. And stage. And there's a jumping castle outside for kids to play in. The expense behind these things. And what else? We have a yard and a car park. A fenced yard. Now no one can break into your car anymore. There are trees around. The way we black people, we like cutting down trees. We can easily cut them. I'm the new guard of these trees. Anything happens to the tree, I'll be there to fight you. Once say, Pastor, I want to give 500. Come and, come, and, come and take my envelope. I need some people to encourage this project and come and give 500. Is it a lot of money? Maybe it's 500. A lot of money. Or maybe I want to give 250. It's also fine. Let's come down to our pocket size also. I want to give 250. Not today. Next Sunday or the coming Sunday. Not today. Ah, God bless you. Yeah, you can also send me. I'm just like this baby. You can send me also. You can lift up your hand. I'll, I'll bring it to you. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come. I'll come and give you the envelope myself. And say, Pastor, I want to give 250 or 500. Just lift up your hand. I'll come. I'll come. I'll come. I'll come and bring it to you. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. I'm encouraged. You're encouraging me. Some of you, your weddings will be in this hall. Amen. I said your wedding will be inside this hall. Amen. Your wedding will be where? You know, this church is here to stay. It's permanent. God bless you. This is where we are, permanently. We are not going to change again. If we change, it will be a, a very big place. Because I see us growing bigger and bigger. Yeah. Some of us, our, our children will be dedicated in this place. Yeah. Oh, I should not deny you blessings. Okay, you take it. You took the last envelope. Want to give 100 rents also? Come and take my envelope. I'll have an envelope just now. Want to give 100 rents? Come and take my envelope quickly. Want to give 100? Is 100 a lot of money? Kinar, 
Bible says, Nara. Uh, sorry, you know the names. In Kinara. Oh, God bless you. Don't give hand lines. Lift, take out your offering. Lift up your offering to the Lord. 200 rands, 10,000. 10, 10 10, you are the next millionaire in the church. Amen. I prophesy to you that you are the next millionaire in this church. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I said you are the next millionaire in the church. Amen. Father, bless all of us here. Those who are giving. Even those who don't have. Give them, Lord. Meet them in the point of their need. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You want to give 50 rents? Come and put it in the offering basket. Quickly come to me. You want to give 50, 20, 30, 40? Come. Come with your offering. Quickly. 